Welcome to Bramasol's Insights to Action podcast library of topics covering regulatory compliance, reporting, disclosures, financial management, and financial transformation technologies. Bramasol is the leader in SAP-based finance solutions and a co-innovator with SAP on developing and deploying purpose-built compliance capabilities. Learn more about Bramasol at www.bramasol.com. This is Jim Hunt hosting the next episode of Bramasol's Insights to Action podcast series. Today we're going to focus on another aspect of AFC 842 that applies to private companies. A lot of the focus in the past has been on public companies, but it's becoming private companies turned uh, in the barrel. Um, And we're lucky to have uh, John Scott with us today, who has deep understanding of these issues and can really flesh out what private companies need to be doing now. John is Senior Technical Accounting Advisor at Bramasol. He's a proven leader. He's been with big four companies. He's done CPA audit experience. Uh, He's also been on the client side. Um, Over the years, he's successfully integrated new business change projects, and he's built accounting and audit teams. He's led business evaluation and modeling many compliance projects. So, John, thank you for being here today. Uh, Thanks so much, Jim. I really appreciate it. As, As Jim mentioned, it's really important for the private companies this year to tackle ASC 842. As you all know, it was pushback on implementation date from January 1st, 2020. Now it's going to be January 1st, 2021. So you're going to need to tackle this standard this year. So the beginning point for a good standard implementation is the assessment phase. This needs to be a really well thought out, thorough assessment of the types of leases you have, be it operating, finance. You also tackle things about thresholds, uh, your processes, whether you want to go software implementation to handle your leases or just use spreadsheets. You also need to determine whether you're a lessee, lessor. Understand the standard is really important. You need to do a thorough reading of it. And finally, you need to find out where all your leases are and gather those up. That's why the assessment is really the key phase, and it, it takes more time than you think. Next, is something you want to do is tackle completeness. Now, what does that mean? That means you use your five-year table, which you've always had in your financial statements as a master list, to identify that you have all your leases. And the easiest way to do that is take the amount of lease expense from the five-year table and compare that to your lease accounts. If you want to be more thorough, you would also run a query for one quarter with the word lease in the uh, in the query, that way you can capture leases that were maybe miscoded or came through another payment source. That I would highly recommend. I've done a few of these projects, and the assessment and the completeness are key issues for the auditors, as well as structuring a good implementation project. Next, before you even get the software, you've got to figure out what kind of features you need, what kind of lease kind of stuff you need to do meaning are you a lessor, are you a lessee, Um, do you have consolidations, joint ventures. There's a lot of lease products out there, but you've got to find the one that matches up to you. And I know SAP has a really good one 
that would match your needs very well. I assume another question in there is going to revolve around the number of leases as well, the scope and scale of uh, your uh, challenge. Absolutely. I mean, that's a good point. I mean, I did an implementation that had 3,000 leases. They're about half real estate, half machinery and equipment, had joint ventures consolidation. So that really can't be tackled in spreadsheet. It doesn't take a buildup of, of, of a high amount of leases to get out of spreadsheets. Plus, you want to get out of spreadsheets because it brings up control issues. It brings up, you know, turnover issues. Who's got control of the spreadsheets? You know, the auditors have to test those spreadsheets. You've got it in a nice lease software package that's been tested and, and verified by the auditors in previous audits. It makes it go so much more smooth. Plus, it helps you in your disclosures because in our lease package, we have a nice disclosure package that's in compliance with 842 that automatically generates out of the software and also has supporting documents that you can give to your auditors that really makes the audit process go so much more smoothly. So that, that is a key Excellent. point, as Jim, Jim just pointed out. Now, the next thing you need to tackle is, is policy construction. Now, what do I mean by that? That means you've got to go through and make all these selections that the standard makes you uh, do, such as capitalization. Under 842, there is no material criteria for which leases you have to put on the balance sheet. Now, what there is in the standard is you can say that they're not material. Now, to prove that to your auditors, you would need to track those amounts, and I'm talking something de minimis, maybe 5000 and below, which under IFR standards, they give you that criteria. But keep in mind, GAP only says not material, so you've got to track that and figure out what your, what your capitalization criteria. Now, along with that, there's short-term leases. Now, what does that mean? That means a lease at initiation is 12 months or less in time. Now, the criteria lets you select those and, and doesn't require you to put those on the balance sheet as well. But obviously, you've got to track those expenses for both types of leases because they do require footnote disclosure. So, so you can make those materiality decisions within the policy, but you need to show your work uh, when the audit comes around. Absolutely. You've got to say, hey, we're, we, we picked 3000 or 5000 because we don't think that's material. And Here's, here we tracked all those amounts, and you can see the expense for those is not material. And that's something you would present to your auditors. Now, our software as well enables you to, to track those within the software. It makes it much easier to do because you're still going to have to track that expense because it is a footnote disclosure under 842. You know, other, other supposed to be selections are, you know, the, the package of three. These are transition uh, policies where you don't have to reassess a lease, you don't have to see if it had IDC, whether uh, uh, an agreement contained a lease. There's three elements there. Also, you'll probably want to come up with a renewal policy because the standard says that when you're mo more likely than not to renew, you include that term when you're, when you're capitalizing the lease. But having said that, you know, I worked with a the company, they just said, hey, we're always going to renew this equipment. That was their policy. So that, that made it very easy from a policy standpoint by asset class to know whether or not you account for that additional lease term in your uh, capitalization calculations. There's other things 
and lease components, combining those if they're not material. You know, the standard also says if they're material, you've got to separate those, but it makes it easier when you're able to combine those. Now, under private companies, for the, the, the discount rate, you can use the risk-free rate. You know, public companies had to use what's known as an incremental borrowing rate. That doesn't apply to private companies. So it's really important to flesh out those policies and have them constructed because that's going to impact how you handle the capitalization of these leases, especially putting them in the software. Then the next step is what I call the time element. You know, overall, the assessment phase is going to take you quite a bit of time to do. Also, you get into extraction of leases. I mean, we used a criteria where we had these 3,000 leases. They were taking about four hours per lease to extract. Now, do the math on that. That's quite a bit of time. You know, if you've got more complicated leases, it's going to take you a long time to read and pull out all the information you need on all the fields to be able to, to put those leases into your spreadsheets, which can be uploaded into the software very easily. Also, you've got the installation of a software. You've got to pick it out. You've got to have the installation. It's a long project, a few months. Policies and controls will take you a long time to construct. You've got to understand your processes, how you do things. That incorporates also into the installation because there is no off-the-shelf. Every kind of installation of a software is kind of unique to the company's circumstance and incorporates those processes that the company uses to handle the accounting for their leases. Also, you got to come up with uh, an edification of how you how you did the implementation. The auditors want a well thought out, really put together memo that addresses how I did my assessment, how I tested for completeness, how what my policies are, what my current processes are, what my controls are, what's going to happen at transition. All those things have to be incorporated. And just a, rem just a reminder, as you said at the beginning, with regard to time element, um, the clock is ticking. We're into 2020, and there's less than a year to accomplish all those steps. So it's not something where you want to be waiting. You want to be assessing now how long each step is going to take, because inevitably they, they tend to take as much time as you planned or more. Absolutely. I mean, that's a good point. I mean, the installation I did on a particular big one with the 3,000 leases took about nine months. Now, having said that, you want to have your whole installation, your whole thing put in place so you can run it simultaneously for at least one quarter. So you're going to compare right. what the results you're getting out of your software to what you're hand calculating. Am I getting what I thought I was going to get? Does it work? Address any kind of, uh, you know, bumps in the road. You want to run that at least one quarter. So, so think about that. All the time I've just told you about, you want to have this done by September. Now, here it is, January. Right. By the time you start the project, it could be February, March. And then also you got to worry about this, and we ran into this heavily, is the resources. Think of all the private companies that are out there doing the implementation right now. There's just a finite amount of resources to help you, you know, do your assessment, get your installation done, do your extraction, any kind of technical resources you need. So you've got to really tackle this. And I recommend going at it as soon as possible. 
a question on that regard, um, and you can hold it for the end if you want, but I'm curious, uh, for instance, Bramasol and the team that you work on has taken a lot of uh, public companies through the um, A42 um, process already. Can you, do you have a feel for what percentage of that learning and process and disciplines maps over to help uh, private companies get a leg up and streamline their implementation process? Oh, absolutely. I mean, think of it this way. These, the private companies, it was a new standard implementation. There's a lot of comments now from the SEC out there as well as lessons learned by us as we do these installations. We can incorporate those lessons learned, all the comments the SECs made, into these new installations for the private companies. So they really have some good information, which could really streamline and really help you do your your in installation as well as implementation in totality for this standard in a more smooth and orderly fashion. You know, I mean, you can run into other things. I'll give you a couple examples on that. Nobody really thought about embedded leases. Well, a lot of a lot of industries have embedded leases, and it could be a significant amount. You've got to go out and grab those, read those agreements, and see if you have embedded leases. Now, what I mean by an embedded lease is you're getting, in exchange for uh, buying a, a, a service, a like a free coffee maker or in healthcare, you're getting a pill dispenser. Those could be kind of significant and add up. I mean, I did one implementation where there's about 2,000 embedded leases that we had analyzed. That's another chunk of time you didn't even consider. So that that's things to keep right. in mind. Other, other things is evergreen leases. What's that? Well, you, you've been renting a storage facility for 20 years on a month-to-month -month basis. Well, that's a 20-year lease. That's just not a month-to-month. -month. I'm not going to put it on the book. So you got to consider those as well. And those are the kind of lessons learned as you do the implementation. Other lessons learned is you don't underestimate the time it's going to take you to implement this standard. It's going to take you a lot longer than you think, and there's a lot of nuances that you didn't consider, and you really have to understand and read the standard and get that technical resource in there to help you implement this project. Now, another thing to consider is the, is the testing of your installation. That's really important from an auditor standpoint. Like I said, there's no off-the-shelf kind of installation on this. Everything's got a little bit of customization on it. So you need to test it offline, do those calculations offline, and compare it to what the software is giving you to make sure that the software is implemented correctly. That is important to show your auditors as well. Now, the final okay. thing I will say is, is what, I, what we call analytics, disclosure, reporting, and auditability. What does that mean? Well, the analytics, this is a good thing to get a dashboard. Why not pull additional information out of your leases that you may not need for the standard, but put them into your software, your spreadsheets, so you're able to do some analytics on your lease portfolio that will enable you to be, A, more cost efficient, B, tells you where your leases are, what you're paying per square foot, for example, on a lease by uh, city by state, maybe you want to shift those leases all around, be more efficient. Also, you can tell what you're paying on a lease per vendor. Maybe you want to bulk purchase leases from certain vendors, get you a better deal. That's what I'm talking about on the analytics that you're going to 
be able to extract, and you only want to look at these leases one time. So why not grab all that good information, put them in the, the, the software or your spreadsheets, and you're able to use that later on in good analytics. Well, I'll just note on analytics before we leave it, if you integrate your overall asset management program with your compliance requirements, you really are getting a leg up on your business objectives. You're managing your assets better, and you're using those analytics. I mean, you might even, not necessarily off the bat, but you were talking about cost per square foot and so on. Uh, with integrated analytics, you might even be able to bring in utilization, um, you know, smart buildings, conference rooms, how often are they used. You know, you can get a feel for how are you using the asset as well as the lease issues and the compliance issues. Absolutely. I mean, that, that's a real good point you just made. Why not be able to take advantage of this standard and all the hard work you're putting in to really be able to get some good information to help you manage your portfolio? What I call disclosure reporting. Keep in mind, there's some some lot of new disclosures related to this standard. Now, we have a software that automatically puts out a disclosure that is in the AFC 842 example format that's in the standard. It's a great-looking package that, that you're able to get, and it has all those uh, uh, supporting schedules with it. And, and keep in mind that what you've got to disclose is cash flows on the leases. Um, you've got to disclose uh, maturity, the five-year table. Um, you've got to disclose uh, weighted average calculations. The software does that for you, and it, and it produces it in a good format that you're able to insert right into your financial statements. And then the last thing I'll say is the auditability. I've gone through quite a bit of information, but keep in mind your auditors are going to look at this pretty heavily. So if you've done a good assessment, you've done a good implementation, you've done good documentation, you'll be able to produce a very good memo that absolutely outlines all the steps you went through to the implementation of the standard. And you're able to prove out through all your supporting documentation that you implemented the standard correctly, you counted for all your leases, your, your disclosures are correct, your policies are in place, you've got good controls and processes. So I know I went through a lot of, lot of information there, but these are some tips that you've got to keep in mind as you go through this, this implementation pro process. And keep in mind, we're there for you, so we would love to help you out with this. We've got a good software, as I mentioned, and we've got good technical resources. And I wish everybody luck in the implementation of this this year. Not only luck, it's more than luck that's going to get this done, that's for sure. When you're, when you're talking about uh, disclosure reporting and auditability, can you kind of give uh, a high-level um, assessment of how those things, disclosure reporting, audits, and so on, will be different uh, for private companies versus what we've seen with public companies? You know, I mean, the, the, the disclosures are, are essentially the, the same per the standard, but as I mentioned, for private companies, your your discount rate is different. So you're able to use that risk-free rate. It's, it's, it's become a little bit onerous for these public companies because they have to go out and do these rate calculations for, say, five-year leases, 10-year leases, document it, constantly update the software. That's not required for private companies. You know, additionally, you know, you know, private companies might have less leases. Maybe they're, they, maybe that's a little bit easier to implement. 
But all in all, you want to get out of these spreadsheets and get into a good software because you don't want to be hand calculating these. It's, it's ripe for error, and it's not a very good control process, and, it's, and it doesn't sustain you in the long run. Plus, I just mentioned the analytics. You know, good dashboard we're coming up with that will be able to manage your lease portfolio in addition to complying with the standard through the software. Okay, so uh, kind of bottom line then, it sounds like the experience that uh, teams like like your team at Bramasol have had helping public companies over the past few years comply, uh, a great percentage of that maps over and potentially can make it uh, easier um, for private companies to comply, although I want to be careful about using that word easy. It's not something that where they can just sit back, fold their hands, and say, I'll deal with it in the second half of the year. They need to get down. Yeah, not easy, but it's a great roadmap, as you mentioned. You're able, we're able to take all those lessons learned on all these installations we've done, implementations, installations at the public companies, and transfer it over to the private companies. It's still time-consuming. Don't underestimate the time. And, and another point. Don't think you can just use internal resources. I've seen this a million times. Because people have full-time jobs, the last thing they have the time to do is go ahead and maybe do lease extraction, uh, test assessment, completeness. You're really going to need to supplement those resources from an external source. Right. And along with that, not only do they not have the time to do it, they may not have, it takes a lot of research and understanding to decide what needs to be done. So it's helpful to have somebody who's been down the road already and has that understanding. Absolutely. Somebody who really understands standard, as you mentioned, and has also been through quite a few of these installations, implementations of ASC 842. Well, John, thank you. This has been great. This is a great overview, and I know that uh, CFOs and uh, leaders in private companies are going to get a lot out of this, and uh, I hope We've made them aware it has to be done, and I, I think you've given them a great overview of the key issues that need to be addressed in order to succeed. So I look forward to our next session together. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much, Jim. Thank you for listening to this episode of Bramasol's Insight to Action podcast series. We hope that you found it helpful. To ensure that you never miss a future episode, you can subscribe to Bramasol at iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. For more information about Bramasol and detail on our solutions for compliance, optimization, and financial transformation, please visit www.bramasol.com or email us at info at bramasol.com.